Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Julie R. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Northern California. Today is Tuesday, May 16th, 2023, and this is the 7 a.m. meeting. Today we are reading from the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous, and we are in the Into Action chapter, and we are on page 81, second paragraph. Our design for living is not a one-way street, ending with upon whom she can vent jealously. Jealousy. One paragraph only. Today's readers, reading the text is Kathy S., page 164 is Marge O., and Susan H. is our backup reader. The reference number for yesterday, Monday, 7 a.m. meeting, May 15, 2023, is 20,259. And the 10 a.m. meeting is 20,260. Away preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA and to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. I will now ask Marietta P. to read the 12 steps of OA. Marietta P., unmute, star one. Yes, hold on a minute, please. Here we go, the steps. Of Overeaters Anonymous. Ms. Marietta P. from Virginia recovered. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over food and that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood Him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we'd harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory when we were wrong, promptly omitted it. Eleven, thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we try to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And thank you for letting me be of service. Thank you, Marietta. 
I will now ask Jim Kay to read the 12 Traditions of OA. Good morning, everyone. Jim Kay from Minneapolis, Compulsive Overeater. The 12 Traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems in money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before our personalities. Thank you, Jim. And today's share ID for Tuesday, May 16th, the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting is 20,262. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. To have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous on Into Action, and we are on page 81, the second paragraph, our design for living is not a one-way street, ending with upon whom she can vent jealousy. One paragraph only. I will now ask Kathy S. to begin reading. Thanks, Julie. This is Kathy S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Georgia. Our design for living is not a one-way street. It is as good for the wife as for the husband. If we can forget, so can she. 
It is better, however, that one does not needlessly name a person upon whom she can vent jealousy. Um, these past few paragraphs uh, have been relative to my experience. I did, um, <laughs> because of my need for attention and just the emptiness and seeking um, my solution for satisfaction and, and joy in, in external circumstances of an affair. Um, and in my case, excuse me, my husband did find out and undoubtedly I did have to, I did admit my fault. I kept it on my side of the street and took full responsibility following a, um, a spiritual guideline for, for, um, reconciliation and, and it was, God had intervened in my case because he moved us. So, um, my husband did want to know certain details. I did come forth in sharing them. Um, but we didn't, by God's grace, uh, didn't have the opportunity to really harp on the person. And he didn't seek to know who he was um, other than maybe a name and, and his, the general idea that he was my, my trainer. Um, <clears throat> but um, again, God had moved us. So what I love about this paragraph is that it talks about the design for living and then it not being a one-way street. I don't believe this means that I impose my program and how I work it on my husband and, hey, let's, let's take this through 10th step. But to encourage that our design for living that really works and that design being, um, you know, the way of spiritual life, of honesty and forgiveness, of love and grace, this paragraph really fills me with hope um, because we don't want to encourage jealousy and anger and resentment in our spouses and in those that whom we've caused harm. So we don't need to harp on the names of people and, and just pour gas on that fire. But as we practice this design for living, we um, just help to encourage those that we love to do the same. And I will admit that that is what has happened in my case, um, on our 25th year anniversary, I was a year into recovery and my husband had, had said, um, you know, he said, who knew that the worst thing that could possibly happen to a marriage has been our greatest blessing. And, um, and basically told me um, I, was, he, I was forgiven, that he trusted me. He saw me as a woman who he called me loyal and faithful to him and to our family. These are words I never saw coming. Um, but again, in practicing honesty and coming forth and just doing my best in a living amends to, to honor him um, has, has brought him to a place where he said, we are par. Um, and wow, time already. But um, yeah, it's just, it's a design for a living that, that truly does work. And, and to the degree, like, that my disease caused havoc and, and hurt others, my recovery can also bring about a change in all my relationships and in others. So with that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you, Kathy F.H. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience too. And who would like to share? This is Katie Susan from Boston. Sharon Kay. Sharon Kay. I think there was a Kim. Yeah, Kim A. from New York. 
Got it. Kim Susan, A. S-H. Susan S-H. Pedro B. Donna K. Pedro Ohio. B. Donna K. All right, let's start with that. So we have Katie G, Kim A, Sharon S A. Oh no, Sharon K. Go ahead, Katie. Good morning, Julie. Good morning, everyone. Hi. Oh, can you hear me, Julie? I can. Hello. Okay, sorry about that. Good morning, everyone. This is Katie G. I'm a recovered compulsive eater in Boston, and um, thank you for that beautiful. Um, opening share. I guess I wanted to talk to you about this design for living. Um, I've been in the rooms. Yeah, I've been in the rooms since I was 27 and had the privilege of, of meeting a man that um, I chose to marry nine years ago. And it hasn't been an easy ride with me. Um, I have dealt with um, exercise bulimia. I have dealt with dishonesty. Um, and I haven't been the kind of wife I've I've been incredibly jealous. I have been incred I have um, been KD twenty questions. Um, I haven't known how to offer the kind of integrity that my husband has deserved. Um, but this does have a um, <laughs> a better outcome. I just want to say today that um, that recently um, my husband brought to my attention um, another kind of low that our marriage was facing. That we were facing a dishonesty around. Um, a different compulsive behavior that I had with spending. And um, what is so incredible about this program is that I am married to a man who does not need a 12-step program, but he feels safe to tell me when things are not okay. He feels safe to tell me, like, what you're doing right now is not acceptable. But the most amazing thing is somehow the grace of God has entered into my marriage. And the minute, it's like with God, right? Like um, people on this line say that beautiful thing, right? When you open the door or you take a step towards God, he runs towards you. And I feel like that's what happens in my marriage. Like when I take a step towards God, when I, when I get completely rigorously honest, when I, when I stop being vague about who I am, when I stop having anything that I need to hide between me and God and me and other people, my husband starts to be able to trust me. And I don't know about you, but I am 44, and I am not a woman that should be trusted. I am a woman that stole from the time that I was a little kid, you know, at my babysitting. I'm not somebody who is someone of my word. Over Ears Anonymous is the first consistent thing I've ever done in my life, my marriage being the second. And my husband somehow is able to look me in the eye now and trust me. And it hasn't even been that long. So I just... It is so true that this design for living, I, I, and I want to say, like, I'm not telling my husband he needs a big book or a 12-step meeting because you know what? He doesn't. He does exactly what it is I'm supposed to do, but he doesn't need a sponsor in a meeting. But the miracle is, is that God can enter into my mind and my heart and help me abstain from compulsive eating and debting and whatever other craziness and he helps me be in relationship with his kids and to be kind, patient, accepting, and loving. And that, my friends, that I can have uh, relationships is a true miracle. Thank you. With that, I pass. Thank you, Katie G. Next, Kim A., followed by Sharon. Hi, good morning. This is Kim A. from New York City. And 
just like with many other parts of the big book, I don't relate necessarily to the details of this particular part. And when I used to try to read the big book on my own, I would skip over like ginormous sections because I just felt like that's not me, that's not me, I don't relate to that. But my sponsor taught me how to read with a different lens. You know, how can how can I relate to this as a compulsive eater or just as, you know, a person who's kind of a hot mess? And what really matters is not whether I had an affair, not whether I cheated on my husband, not whether he cheated on me, but what really matters is the way I am now able to ask God to help me see the truth. And a lot of times that, that's through my sponsor. And that's the whole point of doing 10 steps. You know, the 10 steps for me have become a tremendous part of the amends process because we don't do all our amends in step nine before we go on to step 10. We would take like a really long time and steps 10, 11, and 12 are where we need to be to kind of get on with our lives and get on with our recovery. You know, step nine is dealing with the past. Steps 10, 11, and 12, steps 10, ugh, sorry, I can't talk this morning. Step 10 shows me on a daily basis how my flawed thinking and perceptions affect my life every day. Because I'm not doing a 10 step at the end of the day. I've heard some people share that that's how they work their recovery, but the big book tells me that I'm doing 10 steps all day throughout my day. And some days I have one, some days I have two, some days I have like, you know, 57 of them, depending on how my thinking and my mood is that day, because I'm never cured. And so those 10 steps allow me to see how patterns of thinking are are making are making me create harm, how I'm creating harm based on the way I just live my life. And that can really affect my amends process because it helps me see things differently. You know, maybe when I'm doing my, my fourth step, I'm not really, I'm not recovered, you know. I went through those steps fast and I was doing a fourth step within like a week and a half, two weeks. And I'm still getting my head on straight, right? My head is still spinning. So I'm doing a fourth step to the best of my ability. And steps eight and nine are based on that fourth step. But then when I get to the 10th step, I can really start to see the ways I'm creating harm in my marriage. You know, the more subtle ways, the insidious ways, the way that, you know, maybe I'm not communicating well or I'm constantly copying resentments because my husband's not doing this or not doing that and how it always comes down to my ego. I'm not able to okay. see that in the fourth step, but I'm able to see that once I have put down that food and really rolled up my sleeves and been blessed with, you know, this wonderful relationship that I can now have with my higher power in order to help me see things clearly. And so that eight-step list right. is always like, thanks, I'll wrap up. It's always fluid, right? We're adding to it. We're changing columns based on what we're uncovering daily in our 10 steps. Um, this is Kim A. from New York City. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks, Kim. Next, we'll have Sharon K. followed by Susan S.H. and then Pedro B. and Donna K. Go ahead, Sharon. 
Hey, everybody. This is Erin Kay in Michigan. I think it might have been me um, that you heard. Yes. Sorry uh, about that, Erin. Yeah, no worries. I'm recovering compulsive overeater. Um, when I first read this uh, little paragraph, I, I kind of, I was surprised because I interpreted it to be saying that essentially like what's good for the goose is good for the gander. And, and I was like, well, wait, I, I thought this whole thing was about, you know, an inside job and, and me seeing my part. But, um, you know, I, I in, from my own experience came to realize that it's not quite what Bill is saying here. Um, it is as good for the wife as for the husband. Basically, I mean, I think what it means is my recovery has side effects, positive side effects for my marriage. And I've, I've seen that, you know, my husband is not an addict. Um, and, and one of the things that I had to make amends to him for was constantly analyzing him and trying to point out all his flaws and get him to see what was wrong with him and what needed to be changed in him. And I can't do that anymore. I have to stay focused on me. But the interesting thing that I've seen happen is as I'm like, you know, you know, living this, you know, this design, right. When I, you know, I'm constantly making amends for stuff, you know, cause I still screw up and I found that he started doing this same thing. You know, I mean, he, before recovery, we were always locked horns in this battle of who was right. And it's just not that way anymore. And, um, it's been really interesting to see him start to strangely live by some 12 step principles. I think just because that's what I'm doing. And, um, it's just incredible. You know, I stopped focusing on his flaws and what needs to be changed. In him. <laughs> and, um, there's been some interesting, you know, fallout. So like the goose stops squawking and then the gander stops honking. I, I don't know how that works, but it is pretty cool. And with that, I'll pass. This is Susan S.H. Did you call on me? Okay, this is Susan S.H. in Ohio. I am a recovered compulsive overeater and grateful to be able to share this morning. Um, yeah, of course, I'm, I'm focusing on our design for living. It's not a one-way street. It is as good for the wife as it is for the husband. It's good for the family. Our design for living is good for both and for all of us. The best I can do to help my family, my relationships, is, as our, our friend online says, recover, recover, recover. It, we can let go by recovering. We can let go our expectations and allow others their own journey. Not everything goes my way in this world, and it's not going to. And it doesn't have to. This design for living is directions to navigate our beloved imperfect world. And I'm really grateful for the directions that help me every day to turn to my higher power in everything. I am so grateful to continue to work um, 
the 12 steps, the directions, and to share my experience, strength, and hope with others. And that's my view of this in a nutshell, and I pass. Julie, we can't hear you. Oh, interesting. I was muted. Um, so next we will, um, thank you, Susan. Now we'll have Pedro B. and Donna K. Good morning. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Thank you. Uh, thanks for your service. My name is Pedro B. Um, uh, I live in San Bernardino, California, and I am a grateful, compulsive, overeater, food addict in recovery today. Um, yes, uh, our design for living, our design for living is not a one-way street. What's good for the for the goose is woof. <laughs> I know it in Spanish. I can say it in English, but um, it's, it, you know what comes to my mind is is this idea that. What is the design for living? The design for living are the 12 steps, right? The principles that I need to practice on a daily basis, the self-honesty, that's the first one, right? And as an addict, as, as, a, as a very sick man, I am a liar, a cheater, and a thief. Uh, I don't remember when I've been able to to be loyal to my partner in all the relationships that I have had, and that's a fact. I'm trying to be honest today in this relationship that I'm in. That's the fact for me, for me, for this liar, cheater, and thief. You know, and, and it, what comes to mind in the beginning of the book talks about, oh, by the way, if you're new, welcome. And if you're old, welcome. You know, we are all welcome here, and I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that. No matter how many times I relapse, I always, I'm always welcome here. Um, but anyway, in the beginning of the book talks about our way of living has its benefit for everyone, even if you're not an alcoholic, even if you're not an addict. Why? Why is that? Because when we practice spiritual principles, we get the benefit of practicing spiritual principles. That's my belief. doesn't matter whether you're alcoholic. If you're a liar, you're a liar. You want to have to deal with that. It, you know, it, like my friend said, you know, you need to do what, what makes you happy. You know, I really love that, what you told me. It's like, I want, yeah, I want to be happy, joyous, and free. Okay, you know what, Pedro? You're going to have to do the things that make you happy, joyous, and free. This is the design for living, you know? And, and he, he, she mentions to me, uh, you will know the word, you will comprehend the word serenity, and you will know peace. So if, to, in order to understand the word serenity and know peace, I need to do the things that are going to bring about. I need to make the causes. They're going to bring me the serenity. Without the cause, there's no effect. And so, I'm so grateful for that. You know, on one of my programs that I go to, I'm a uh, several program. You know, I'm a I'm addicted. I, I can get addicted just to anything. Right? I'm an addict. And and I remember in one of my programs, uh, a lady shares they stay with me forever. Clarity leads to freedom. And that's what I want. I want freedom. Freedom from self, the bond, this bondage of self, that, that's the root of my trouble. You know, that's the, my spirituality, the selfishness and self-centeredness. And I have to work on that. In order to work on that, I have to get out of myself and go help somebody else. Okay. 
Thank you. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you, Pedro. And next we have Donna Kay, and then we'll open it up for more shares. Hi, good morning. Uh, it's Donna Kay from Ohio, uh, recovered uh, for today you know, with uh, my higher powers, you know, guidance. Um, I what it, and thanks for letting me share. Um, I I think what what strikes me about this is is about the um, the principle of honesty. Um, it was it was a very slow process for me to become more honest with uh, my my close loved ones. Um, the the people that I spend the most time with, the people that I'm the closest to. Are the ones that I had the most difficulty in uh, in being honest, and um, it's been very gradual. It's been um, a, a wonder, uh, welcome change. I didn't realize how much you know shadows you know I had in my relationships. Um, I want my loved ones to know who I am. I want to be open with them. Um, but the, being honest is, can, it, you know, there's a piece of me that, oh, will, will they still care about me? Will they still love me? <laughs> um, anyway, I'm very grateful for program. I'm very grateful for, for being recovered, you know, on the physical level. The, to me, all the emotional and relationship stuff is a whole bunch more work <laughs> than, you know, than putting down the substance. And to, and to love people as they are, and working on loving myself as I am too. So anyway, um, thank you so much for the share. Great shares, and um, yeah, I hope everyone has a good day. Thanks. Thank you, Donna Kay. Um, although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order that others might share their experience. And who would like to share on this paragraph that was read? Linda D. Linda D. Loretta H. Loretta H. Maureen C. Can you say that again? No, Maureen maybe. Okay. Anyone else? Rachel P. Rachel P. Anyone else? Okay, we'll start with these four. Linda P., Loretta H., I think it was Maureen C., but correct me, and Rachel P. So go ahead, Linda. Good morning, everybody. It's Linda D. in Connecticut. What a gift. What a tremendous privilege to be alive. And to be at this meeting, it's an extraordinary um, Overeaters Anonymous meeting because it's filled with very healthy people um, and not very healthy people. It depends on the day, I guess, what is showing up. What I'm trying to get to is this. I need a design for living. I have a deadly disease. I must never, this is me. I must never confuse what is going on in my life. And I'm confused a lot. So I have to have 
a design. I have to have the big book, the steps, all of you, uh, people that I uh, call a God squad, people I truly can talk to and be honest with and trust. And I have to become a very trustworthy person who is no longer self-destructive. I'm here because I'm self-destructive. I'm not in the 12-step program because, oh, I don't know. I have some small reason. I mean, I started with a small one. You know, you want to look good when you're naked. That's a pretty good reason, but doesn't it's kind of flimsy. Um, I can joke now. I can laugh now. I can cry now. I can be alive now. And it's hard work. It's very hard work sometimes because I descended to a level of self-destructiveness that terrified me and I didn't know how to get out of it. And in recovery itself, because I've been here in, in recovery since I was 38 and I'm 79, um, it's taken me a very long time to learn how to love myself, to love other people and to let people be and to accept everyone the, where they are. I need a bigger perspective, which is the point. I need God. Whatever I call it, it's enormous. It's an enormity. And I am so, so very grateful for the life I've been given. And I will just add this. Someone brought me something, a bag of uh, papers, old papers. And what did I find in it? Something called a vision board, which was a, a way to pray on paper. And you would put pictures of things that you wanted. I never did one. It was from the 90s. My mother did one. And do you know, I cried like a son of a gun because she was long dead or passed on, really. And what was happening? My life was becoming, many, many years later, what she had prayed for. My mother, my blessed mother, that I never understood for years, but I understand now and love now very, very much. She had set in motion, in prayer, the life I have now. Can you imagine that? The power of prayer. And it's hard work, and my God, it's magnificent. God is magnificent. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Linda D. Next is Loretta H., followed by Maureen C., and then Rachel P. Go ahead, Loretta. Good morning, Julie, and good morning, all. We're saving my life along with my precious God. And I also want to welcome the newcomer. Please keep coming back. It works. And that's because of this design for living. I did not know how to live, and this program has taught me how to eat and how to be in life on life's terms, and it works. I'm going to tell you it works. It says on 83, there's a long period of we must take the lead. So with God's grace and mercy, I use that as my action plan, 83 through 85 every day, and that actually tells me how to live this life so that I can love. The principle of step nine is love. I did not know how to love anything but myself. 
when I came into the rooms. I took my first job to keep my weight under control. I ran 26 months to keep my weight under control. And all that time, in all that time, I thought I was in control. And it says, step one, it's the first day of honest work I ever did was coming into the room, telling somebody what I ate, and then learning how to eat, learning how to live with this program. And I have been married for 53 years. God willing, my husband is a saint. Today, I don't take his spiritual temperature because the only temperature I have to take is mine. And the first share was very, very powerful because I had to make an amends for something that was not my fault, but it was a decision I made that caused me to be harmed and also caused his trust to be broken. And so I had to make amends for that. And it is, one of the best things I did because it was, um, it just reviewed how much I need to be doing this program every single day with honesty and all the principles in my affair. My abstinence is actually practicing the principles in all my affairs. And that is how I stay out of the food. So I know it's controversial, but it's what I have to do because I want to live in this design for living. So it's 83 through 85. If I do that daily, I have a chance and I have a life beyond my wildest dreams. My husband is a saint and I don't have to take his temperature. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Julie. Thanks, all. Thank you, Loretta H. Next, we'll have Maureen C. followed by Rachel P. Good morning, everyone. Can you hear me? This is Maureen C. Yeah. from Chicago. So, yeah. yeah. Um, I just wanted to say that listening to this reading, it's a design for living. And, um, you know, I have um, lost some weight. I've been abstinent. And um, I really, you know, I... I with nagging in my head, it's like, oh my gosh, you're too old. Can you really change? Because I know, and it's told that I need to change in order to have some freedom from uh, compulsive overeating joy and happiness and uh, long-term abstinence. And uh, I was then focusing a little bit on the weight. You know, I'm getting through the night. And somebody was talking to me about the pill and all of the deal is I have no chance at this if I don't focus, stop focusing on the weight loss and being perfect. And that's going to, you know, release all the medical stuff and the mobility. It's change and it's a design for living. So gratefully, I, I believe I'm changing. I'm working the steps. I've gotten... Um, I'm on my amends, and it's not where we're at necessarily. Um, I've got the list. And, you know, I'm like, I don't know if I want to do that direct amends. But this is what's going to help me change, and that's designed for living, to get free from my self-obsession about self and, and what I do right. And, you know, it's really, how about focusing on 
I can focus on like what God wants me to do today. Oh, that's all I have today. 12 years of abstinence, one day of abstinence. All I have is today. So I'm really grateful for this strong meeting and uh, sponsor and 12 steps. Have a happy and abstinent day, everyone. God filled. Thanks. Bye. Thank you. And Rachel P., you're next. Good morning. This is Rachel P., Recovered Compulsive Reader in Pennsylvania. Um, What this paragraph says to me is that if I do the work, other people will, will benefit. Other people around me will benefit. And, you know, I was not one who cheated or overtly lied or manipulated. Um, I definitely lied through omission and avoidance. But for me, before I came into these rooms and learned this design for a living and started to practice it, I was just so lonely and isolated and the relationships I did have, I wasn't showing up as my authentic self. I was hiding in so many ways because I carried so much shame about what I did with the food. And so, um, you know, learning how to be a human in, in working these steps has enabled me to be able to have healthy relationships where I can show up consistently, where I'm not canceling every other time because I'm hung over from the food or binging on the food. And it, and it, it taught me how to be able to like authentically connect with people and look people in the eye um, and just really show up in relationships. And as a result of me doing the work, my relationships improve. And that's scary. It's kind of scary, right? To, to cultivate great relationships that then put me or others at risk for being let down, you know, but we're all human. And I got to just keep going to God about these things, you know, and um, thank God for, for these steps because they've taught me that when I mess up, and I will because I'm human, I can immediately, you know, work a 10 step about it. You know, I can, I can make amends for it. I can come to my partner who I only met because I got recovered in this program, right? And I can come to my partner and say, I'm sorry, I did this thing. Um, And then most of the time, you know, my partner comes to me and says, I'm sorry for my part in it. And so it just shows that, you know, when when I do the work, then, you know, we just, we spread goodwill in relationships and, um, you know, just this sense of, of authenticity and connection is something I never could have had or I never was able to have truly prior to learning how to live life according to these steps and and most importantly with a higher power guiding me um, through all of this. Um, I'm so grateful for this work and with that I will pass. Thank you, Rachel P. Okay, let's get some more shares. Who would like to share in the paragraph that was read? Take a couple. What paragraph are we on, please? Uh, page 81, the second paragraph, uh, our design for living is not a one-way street. Lisa like C. Lisa C.
there would be a few more people out there that want to share. We have about three spots for three more people. Star one to unmute. Ann S. Ann S. Roby L. Who? Roby L. Can't hear you, but I'm going to say Roby. I don't know. But okay. Becca R. Becca R. Okay. Let's go with that. All right. Lisa C. followed by Ann S. Hi, good morning. My name is Lisa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from New Jersey. Um, <clears throat> I I really don't believe in one-way streets, so I love this little paragraph. Um, I think that, you know, I'm constantly in relationship with everything and everyone around me. I think that's the only way I could be in constant connection with my higher power, actually, right, is to not do this thing where I other other people, right? Or where I feel othered. I think if I'm really going to walk with God, I have to dissolve those boundaries. Um, so yes, when I change, everything around me changes. Um, my marriage has improved dramatically um, as a result of me being part of this program, um, embracing it fully. And even though my husband is an atheist, um, or calls himself an atheist, um, he recognizes that all of these changes in my life are due to me turning to face God. Um, and so he doesn't, he doesn't challenge or question or judge the way that he once did. Um, so I really think that when I look at this, even though I know it's more specifically about um, domestic relationships and infidelity in, in relationships, which I have also experienced but have not harmed my marriage um, gratefully. I, I really think about it just in terms of the ways that my disease will have me continuing to uh, live in hierarchy. My, my disease will have me continuing to see, well, who, who's in the clique and who's out of the clique? And do I belong here or am I outside? How have people either embraced me or welcomed me or shut me aside? How am I welcoming others? And, and I share this only to say that if you're, if you're like me, um, you know, don't give up. Um, if you're a newcomer, find the people who do answer your calls, re respond to your texts. Don't give up. Um, we're all in the mess. We're all in the muck. Um, and, uh, you know, you, you will get through to, to folks um, because there are many of us who actually really see it as a two-way street. Uh, I don't have the knowledge just because I'm recovered. I actually learn a lot from people, no matter what their path. So I think if we recognize that we're all on a two-way street, we're all learning from each other, that when you listen to me, you give me the gift. When I listen to you, I give you the gift. And I'm here to listen. So, um, yeah, it's just another day of us roping through this all together. Uh, I wish everyone a blessed day. Thank you. Thank you, Lisa C. Next we'll have Ann S., and I think it was Roby L., Go ahead, Ann. Hi, good morning. My name is Ann S. I'm from Pennsylvania, a grateful recovering food, uh, food addict compulsive overeater. A uh, great meeting this morning. Thank you, everyone, for your service. Yeah, I was thinking of that uh, two-way street, and I was thinking of how before recovery, I absolutely was on a, on a, on a deadly highway by myself, you know, just uh, 
you know, it's my way or the highway, and you better not get in my lane, and you better do as I say and as I want. I was in conflict with everyone and everything. I didn't know how to be in relationships. I didn't know how to compromise. I didn't know how to listen. I didn't know how to say I was sorry. My husband said that to me so many times. You just will never say you're sorry or that you did wrong. And and I couldn't at the time. I <laughs> So, yeah, that honesty, that being myself, learning to be myself by working the steps, looking at myself and Steps four, oh my gosh, very eye-opening, very eye-opening. I still continue to work on that selfishness. I can be uh, definitely, that comes on my inventory quite a lot, that selfishness, self-centeredness. But today it has gotten so much better. Today me and my husband can sit and talk. We can compromise. We can come to a conclusion. Um, you know, just a, you know, just a, a being a partnership. I did not know how to be in a partnership. I didn't know how to be that worker among workers, that friend among friends. I was just so self-centered to the extreme. So I'm really grateful for this program, grateful for recovery, continuing to learn every day, one day at a time. You know, I can make amends when I make, uh, when I do wrong. I can reach out when I have difficulties. And I'm just, you know, one day at a time. And that's, you know, just what I have today is today. See what uh, what what God's will is for me today, and uh, I know for me, being abstinent and being on this meeting and doing the next right thing is the most important thing for me. So, with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Anna. And I think it's Roby L. followed by Becca R. Thank you. Yeah, this is Roby L from Vermont, uh, gratefully recovered, compulsive overeater, uh, bulimic, and restrictor. Um, thanks so much for all the shares and for the um, those doing service this morning. Um, it was quiet, so I, I, volunt- I offered to talk. I didn't have anything that I needed to say, but that um, the design for living, like, is just irresistible because the, to, to comment on that. Um, you know, that like what, what's the key feature of this design? Like, you know, if, if you have a design for your house and, and it's only got um, like two bays in the garage, then you can't keep trying to park a third car in there, right? Like, and so the design for living with this program that I'm feeling um, on a daily basis as I do my, you know, live in 10, 11, and 12 is that I don't get to be right. I don't get to take satisfaction in being right or being a victim, or looking better, or um, winning, or, you know, seeking more, or, um, or seeking comfort. I, the, the rules are, I don't get to be right. That's not where comfort exists. And, and I, I mean, when I do a 10 step, and um, like recently, Yesterday, I had somebody turn me around so quickly just with the, the simple orientation, kind of like, you don't have a third bay in your garage. The simple orientation was, you have the problem, not them. And, and you know, I, I have a higher power now. That concept is constantly changing. But what, you know, and that can be... Um, something, you know, it's evolving, but what's so clear that I have to believe in that moment when a sponsor or a fellow says, 
you have the problem, not the other person. Um, he said, they're right. And when I, and that's the beginning, that's when it all, the design makes sense. It works. I get to live in the comfort of a design that works. When I start to, um, when I accept that and when I look for my part, um, relief comes. It feels so painful at first and then relief comes. So, um, all right. Thank you uh, for letting me share this morning. That's all I have. Thank you, Ruby L. And Becca R., you can take us out. Hey, good morning. It's Becca R., Recovered Compulsive Overeater, Anorexic and Bulimic, calling from Kentucky. And, yeah, this um, passage made me think about a sponsor I had many years ago, and I would tell her about all the things my partner wasn't doing or wasn't, and, and she just kept reiterating to me, it only takes one person in a partnership to benefit from this program for it to seep into the relationship. I had this old idea that if I was going to do all this work, I was going to go through the steps, I was going to clean my side of the street, shouldn't you have to clean your side of the street too? Shouldn't you have to do something? And um, it was a real uh, practice in humility to, to be able to let go of all expectations and to not take any credit for the, the healing of our marriage for sure, because um, let's give credit where credit is due. It was a it was a God thing for sure, and it's yet another piece of evidence for me to put into my um, pocket of of things that God has done for me as a result of work in the program. I see it in all my relationships, not just my marriage, but how I show up with my children, how I show up with my parents, how I show up as a neighbor, how I show up in the community. Um, and it, it, you know, it's it's a practice for me because my default is if I do this, what will you do for me? And so it's um, it is a practice. It's something that I have to go into with God's help because left to, to my own devices, it's, um, I'm not successful. But just like putting down the food, you know, with God, I can I can do so many things. Thank you. Thank you very much, Becca R. Okay, we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Marge O., would you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Good morning. Thank you. Marge O. from Massachusetts, recovered, not cured. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation that what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.